Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. So today's episode is very dear to my heart. I am having the pleasure of doing an interview that younger Lindsay would have never dreamed of being able to do. I'm grateful to where I came from and the way that it has shaped me as not only a colorist, but a person. The work ethic and the passion for this industry that I have is in part attributed to the salon that gave me my roots. We take something from everywhere we have been, and I've taken so much from my time at Art and Science here in Chicago. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Susan Hurley. Susan is a creative director colorist, a partner at Art and Science, and she is someone who's had a career with many chapters, and I'm really very excited to hear about Susan's journey up until today. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm so excited to be here. A little nervous, but very excited. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'd say I, I was kind of nervous for this interview also because I was like, you know, not everyone gets the opportunity to talk to their former employer or the salon that they always dreamed of working at. And I thought it's kind of a cool thing to, for people listening to even hear, like, are you leaving places in a way where you could have them on your hypothetical show one day? So it's not lost on me, but this is a huge deal. Absolutely. Well, I'm, we're as excited and I've been, as I told you before, you know, I've been kind of watching your podcast from afar and it's so exciting. It's so important. And I think our industry needs it to have these conversations and really empower each other and support each other. But I have loved sort of everything I've seen so far. So I'm excited to be on the other side of it today. Yeah, totally. So, you know, just to kind of take people back a little bit, when I was 19 and I started Art and Science, you had been there for, I don't know how long, but then you kind of left on your own journey and kind of came back around the time that I was done with the apprenticeship program. So will you talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about your journey? Because I think it's really helpful for people to understand, like, you know, like what's for you doesn't pass you and that you kind of have to go your own way and you know, I think that's yeah. really a cool part. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of go way back for now, just because I think it sets sort of a foundation. But um, my mom was a teacher. She taught first grade for, I don't know, 30 plus years. And I remember, I was thinking I was in kindergarten or first grade, and I you know, cried one day. And I said, do I have to become a teacher? And everybody <laughs> in my family is an educator. And she was like, of course, I'm sure a little insulted. But she also said to me, no, you get to decipher what you want to be when you grow up. So here I was at five years old saying I never wanted to be a teacher. Fast forward, I went to Um, the Aveda Institute in Minneapolis when I was 18 and fell in love with it and fell in love with every aspect, but especially, you know, I always, I wanted to be an educator, you know, funny enough. And so I had the opportunity, I came and did my apprenticeship program like you at Art and Science. Um, I chose color and I think it set me up, you know, it really turned this industry for me into a career versus a job. Um, Education was important to me. I knew I had a lot more to learn. Um, So obviously I knew that after school, I was like, I feel like I should know everything, but I don't. I have this license that's letting me know, you know, oh, you can do all these different things with this license, but I felt like I like still hadn't learned enough. So obviously, Aveda had this or, um, had recommended coming to art and science um, for an apprenticeship program, and so I did, and it was the best thing I ever did. You know, I think it was so exciting, and you know, it definitely was tough, as you know. Um, it definitely create, you know, builds a little character, but I think it really. Um, empowered me and also made me see how all aspects of the salon run and how important it is to work as a team in understanding just how just the ins and outs of a salon but also making sure that when it came to hair color I really felt confident before I took my first client 
you know, and I think having that education and really that confidence, you know, anytime I got a new client sitting in the chair, whether I was nervous or not, I knew that I had the support and the foundation that I could, you know, approach that color in a very smart, you know, way. Came to Art and Science, was on the floor for probably about eight years, seven years. And I, education was my passion and I just wanted to be a better teacher. You know, we had our apprenticeship program. I started teaching and I felt like if I'm going to do this, I want to do this really well. And I decided to uh, move to LA and I worked at the Wella studio at the time. It was in Woodland Hills and I was a studio trainer for them. And so basically what I did is I taught Wella hair color to hairdressers, you know, who either had the color line or wanted to use the color line. Um, but I worked under this man. Um, his name was Paul Chattel, and he was so smart. And he came from Sassoon and just really taught me, I would say, how to be the best educator I could imagine. And I remember sitting down with Paul and Lawrence at the time prior to leaving and saying, I don't want to leave art and science. I just need to grow. I want to come back. I'll come back. My family's from Chicago. I love Chicago. I just, I need to do this for me. And I want to, I just feel like I have so much to learn still. So they had you know, were amazingly supportive and said, whatever you need to do. Obviously, I don't think they were, you know, said I was leaving, but just right. they understood why. And I went out there. I did. And I, I really immersed myself into education, you know, giggling at the fact that I never wanted to be a teacher. And here I am and loved it in, you know, wasn't working behind the chair for that year, which was a little strange. But since I didn't have a clientele in California, it was sort of difficult to do that. And really just immersed myself. And after a year, um, I did come back and I kind of oversaw the education program at Art and Science. You know, personal stuff was going on, family stuff. And obviously, my heart was still at Art and Science. I felt like I learned a lot in my year there. And then that's what essentially brought me back here was, okay, how can we incorporate a lot of this stuff that we were doing at the studio in L.A.? How can we bring that to Art and Science and take the apprenticeship program sort of up to the next level? Right. And so, like, were there some huge takeaways, like an appreciation you had for art and science that came out of your time away from it? Because I think when you're so in something, it's hard to have perspective around like really what you have. And I know for me having left and, you know, gone other places and had my own business, it's like, there's such an appreciation for things that I kind of didn't realize were unique to the salon. 100%. And I think you and I have a similar story that we started so young, you know, it was like, okay, this is, you know, I had worked in a salon in high school, but this was like, okay, so the first salon that I came to, you know, as an apprentice, like I was right out of beauty school. And that's all I knew. And I knew it was great. You know, for me, I was really set me up. I felt supported. I had great friends here. I, you know, I started, I had such a great career at such a young age, but I didn't know what else was out there. Right. And I think when I moved to California, part of my job was going into salons and teaching as well. And it was like every week I would call Paul and Lawrence and be like, oh, my God, I can't like I'm so grateful we did this or I'm so grateful we had this great apprenticeship program. I'm so grateful for the walk ins I was given. I'm so grateful for the retail education that classes I had. I I mean, the gratefulness I had in over that year, I mean, was in abundance because as much as I hoped it, I didn't really know it until I started to go into other salons. And these were some great top salons. But I realized we had something special and I was so grateful that I found it at such a young age. Yeah. And I've had this conversation with like multiple people that have like left art and science because it's such a big salon, so many locations that like, you know, you bump into people in the circles and that everyone agrees that the most hardworking people they've worked with came from there. And I feel like that's important, Um, I think, for people to hear. That's awesome. I mean, first of all, I mean, that's so wonderful to hear. You know, I'm that's and I agree with you. People like like we're it sounds like 
kind of weird, but it's like everywhere I've worked, like the most, like the hardest working workhorse people all came from there. Like they're the people I want to work with. They're the people, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't get flustered. You can hang. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's unique to me because I've noticed it in all the places I've been. Thank you. I, I, I couldn't, that's just awesome to hear. I don't know. You have good days and bad days. So it's always nice to hear that, you know, and the people, you know, when I decided to become a partner this past six months, you know, in the salons, you know, when I asked myself, I, you know, I sat down and kind of, you think like, why do you want to do this? You know, you know, what's kind of like, what's the, the bigger thing? Is it what's bigger than you? Like why, why invest in why? And to me, it was like, it wasn't even a question because it's the people. You know, and to create a place that can be awesome and can financially people can be secure and have the education and the support, but to be surrounded with people that are like-minded with whether it be work ethic or kindness or going above and beyond to be able to sort of immerse yourself in that, you know, to me, what a better investment than, you know, some of the best people I've ever known all work, you know, with you every day. And so for me, like, I definitely want people to, you know, go on their own journey and whatever that looks like. But I know that like, a lot of, you know, what I talk about is kind of having my own thing because that's what I have. But I also feel just because I love this industry so much that there are so many people that can have this like really awesome life and have it in a traditional setting. And I really want to make sure that that's something like I highlight because I think that there's a give and a take to everything and you're going to have your own place be prepared to have your own 401k set up, have your own insurance set up, have, and yeah, Mm -hmm. like, I think that it can be the right option and it is for me, but I just really want people that are thinking that like, I'm just, I'm just a commission employee. You're not just anything. And I want Mm -hmm. people in this industry to know that like, think there are places and there's homes and you know, there's someone actually, I don't know if you know this, but that listens to the podcast that met with me and now is an assistant in art and science, because I was like, honestly, everything you're saying, it just, to me, it sounds like what you're looking for isn't in this small setting that you're thinking that you want. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. And, you know, you know, you ask yourself this all the time. You know, we, you know, I started working in the salon in what, 1995. And, you know, it was obviously a different time than it is now. And you always check in like, okay, is this what I want? And, you know, obviously commission was the only kind of option then. And even when I started working, coming into the salon as an apprentice. And, you know, now our industry has changed so much in so many capacities you know, our industry has changed so much, you know, forget my own career, just as an industry, we've changed. And so, you know, it, we didn't have these suites and we didn't have a lot of people, you know, opening little salons and so on. They were leaving to go do editorial work or they were leaving to move out of state and have a family. You know, they, nobody was leaving to kind of branch off. And it's been incredible to sort of see, you know, how this industry has evolved because it's so nice that nothing's, you know, staying stagnant. But at the same time, kind of checking in with myself and checking in with the salons here is, you know, we do, we are a commissioned salon still, but we offer a full benefit package. And, you know, this was why I came here. You know, we have 401k, we, which we match as an employer. We match up to 4%. We have health insurance. We have Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, and you can customize your package, what best suits your family and your needs. We pay 50% of that. We have dental, same thing. We have paid vacations, as well as, you know, obviously, you know, employee discounts and things like that. And then to return, you know, it's how, how you do your actual clients. You get a commission off of that, depending on, you know, what you bring in for retail and service. And to me, I, I feel that when I started here, you know, I was treated like it was a career. 
you know, I was set up for retirement. I was set up to have a quality of life and take a vacation and get paid for it. I could go to the doctors whenever I needed, as well as be financially compensated. But I was asked to treat it like it's a career, right? So I had to work 40 hours a week. I had to make up time past my personal time and so on. So to me, it's a, it's a responsibility on both sides. You know, as an employee, you know, okay, this is what I'm, I am uh, responsible for. Cool. As an employer, this is what I'm going to bring to the table. And I think to me, that's how a business partnership goes. You know, I don't think it's an us and them conversation more so than it's like, okay, my chair is my business. I get to work and be truly inspired by all of these people. But at the same time, financially, someone is taking care of and setting me up for success. You know, because the inspiration to me is like sort of like the cherry on the cupcake. Because without that, the rest of it doesn't lead to success. If you're not excited and inspired to come into work. And I think that's what I love about our community is that we, you get that along with the financial and the sort of the benefit package. Right. And I think that like younger Lindsay had an appreciation for it, but it's mm-hmm. not at all why I came there. I found it on the internet when the internet wasn't even like a huge deal. I love that. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. we had this amazing website, but it was like, that's where I'm headed. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know what my benefits are. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. seems smart to do the total match, but um, I really just looking back on it, I don't think like if I could talk to my younger self, I would say like it is such a big deal to have a 401k. It is such a big deal to be able to, you know, have health insurance. And I think that sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder about that meeting on a Monday morning. But now mm-hmm. the perspective I have is like, yeah, great. Put all the meetings on my calendar. Because if I'm going to get my 401k match, like you, there's a give and a take. And I think that I would have been more joyfully giving because I would have understood mm-hmm. what I was actually getting. Exactly. Exactly. And I think too, you know, I've learned so much being a partner now, like, you know, it's just like your own personal income. Okay. This is what I'm bringing in. This is what's going out. Cool. All right. So this benefit cost X you know, clients cost that, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, it's like a math problem, right? So your commission might be 49% or 48% or 51%, but with your benefit package, you're getting like another 10 to 15% of that commission in money, in free money because of how you're getting compensated. And I think that, you know, our industry, I think that's what, you know, we're trying to do is empower and have coachings and sit down and talk about these things. This is one of my goals for 2020 is to really sit down with our staff and be like, okay, this is the money you're making. You know, you're bringing home X, but you're putting, you know, $800 every two weeks in your 401k. Your, you know, your paid vacation came to a total of $3,000. You know, your pay, your health insurance for your, you know, family is X and 50% of that is coming to you, right? So you start kind of adding all that up and it's an amazing amount of money, including your compensation as well as your tips, which is a huge part of our income you know, that I also think right. gets lost. Like it just is like a side note, like, oh, my paycheck said X, but you, you may double that in your tips in the last two weeks that we really have to account for and really think about that's an amazing opportunity. Yes. And I think that, you know, before the show, we talked about this like laser focus that it entails to get your career to this like place where you're really proud and I know that like it just it's almost like an obsession with just like growing your business behind the chair Mm -hmm. and so you're doing that and you're doing that and you're grinding and you're grinding and I don't think there's a shortcut I think that if you're going to be awesome it's going to be a lot of work and Mm -hmm. you can't skip that step and have anything that's going to be of substance or sustainability 
But so once you, you've gotten your career to this place that's like, you know, like you're busy, you're working. I know like I've felt like I continue to still put that level of focus and that level of obsession onto my career and onto my expectations for my career. Mm-hmm. And I know that I think that that actually had adverse effects because mm-hmm. I think, and I'd love your opinion on this as far as like, once you've ramped your career up and it's in this like really cool spot and you're, you're still getting new people and whatever, how important do you think it is? And like, how have you seen people successfully do it where they, they start to kind of just go, okay, my career's awesome, but now I need to kind of like that same passion I was putting into my career. I need to divert some of that energy to something else so that I can have a life that's full and happy and not just have this huge expectation for my work to meet my, all of my needs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still learning that. So I don't want to act like I have any answers, but I do think it's important. And I think it's so consuming. And, you know, with this industry, sort of the more opportunity comes with the more opportunity, which I find to be awesome. And also incredibly like, holy cow, you know, you start to get excited. You start to get clients. Now you've got a ton of them, right? Okay. Now those Mm -hmm. clients have friends and they, it's just like a trickle effect, right? The more you get into it, then, oh, now someone wants you. Oh my God, I'd love for you to teach me a class. Cool. I'll do that. Oh, now that you taught the class, Hey, we'd love for you to be a part of our, you know, Revlon professional team and travel. Cool. I'll do that too. You know, so it ends up being these incredible, incredible successful opportunities that you just want to take advantage of them all. Right. And it's like, Oh, I get to travel and I get to meet all these great people and I get to make good money. And sure. It's who's going to say no to that. And I know I found myself in that. And then, you know, you start to get a little bit older and I don't even mean an age of spirit, you know, and you really are grinding and you're the first one there and the last to leave. And, you know, I had some tough conversations this last year with my own family that was like, okay, if you're going to invest and if this is something that you want for the next part of your career, can you do it and have a personal life? And I, to be honest with you, it took me about a good two weeks of I didn't know if I could. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, the only way I'm going to do this is if I create a boundary, you know, for myself, because it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a destination anymore. It's a journey, you know, and I think we need to look yeah. at it. And I think, Lindsay, you hit the nail on the head when you said, okay, I'm grinding. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a good 10 years to be really successful. I mean, you're going to make good money between your, you know, two and ten. But to be really where I would say where you could be like, I am successful. I think 10 years is the minimum. And at that point you say, cool, I'm going to work four 10 hour days or whatever your, you know, your business allows. But in those three other days, how can, what can I do for myself? You know, turn my phone off, take some trips, run a marathon. You know, everyone has their own, you know, but I really think, you know, this industry, I think we've got a lot of work to do, especially as a woman, you know, with families and maternity leaves and quality of life and working evenings and weekends. I don't have the answers to right now, but that is something that is my kind of goal over the next, I'd say, five years is to figure out a way that, you know, our staff can have a family or get married and have a quality of life and not lose financial income. Because what if they do take an evening away? Or what if they do take a weekend away? And I, and unfortunately, the society doesn't allow that or really setting those boundaries. And I don't have the answers, but I want to work with our lovely four salons of, you know, women and men and try to create that so that they feel comfortable taking time off, but their paycheck doesn't have to sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's just such a perspective shift. And I know that's like the shift I've been making. And, you mm-hmm. know, like when I think about the industry and I think about where I come from, it's it's where you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's been for me this huge just like mental shift of like, wait, 
if I need to see 40 people a week or 32 a week, Mm -hmm. wait, I can get these people in whenever I want. And like, I can do Mm -hmm. that in a way that just fits into a different schedule. And I'm with you 100%. Like, I've tried a million different things. And people would say like, wow, she's tried a ton of shit. And she's kind of like failed at it. She failed at (laughs) like having an assistant or at at having an employee. Mm -hmm. She kind of failed at a partnership. And it's like, no, 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 you guys think I failed. I'm actually winning because I'm that much farther along in my journey of like what's for me and what isn't for me. So I totally connect to what you're saying of like this industry gives you an opportunity then it gives you another opportunity. And I feel like each one I'm like, well, I'm going to veer right and I'm going to veer left. And like, it's like you said, it's not a destination. It's more of a journey. And I think that Mm -hmm. the only way for me to get the knowledge and the information of like where I'm meant to go is by like trying shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I love how you said that, like, this isn't a fail. This is a me succeeding because I'm getting closer to where I want to be, you know? And I think yeah. it's a sweet spot. I do. I think it's like, okay, we are hairdressers and we all committed to working in the service industry, right? Like we yes. have to accommodate people. That's not going to change. I want to accommodate people. I like working Saturdays. They don't bother me, but how yeah. can I, what can I do that's going to sort of be there, you know, for my own personal life, for my family, for my friends, as well as how can I have that sweet spot of still getting clients in? And I think that we're still learning that, but we have a lot of, we're actually having a big old meeting today. So we have, I was going through anniversaries and how long people have been here. And it's like, okay, we've got a good amount of people that have been here 10 to 28 years. Right. And it's like, that's, that's the team I want to focus on and say, okay, you've been here 25 years, right? Are you happy with your schedule? You've been here 15 years, you know, you have a family, you have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend, you have kids, whatever this, you know, you're single and you want to travel more, you know, whatever it is, what do we look at and how can we help support you? But we also have a responsibility because we do have to financially make sure we can cover our expenses. We can keep the lights on, you know, we can pay our 401ks, we can pay our health insurance. You know, we, it's not like, okay, I've been here a long time, you know, do whatever you want, but there's a, let's work together to create this where you feel that you are still have a quality of life, but you also financially still have the money. And as well as the salon can still run and, you know, create opportunity there. I was talking to one of my friends and we were talking about how, like when she left the salon, she was at for 12 years she didn't know until her exit interview or her last day that they were only taking a dollar per color to for color appointment for product. And she said, Lindsay, I have my own business now. And this whole time, like, I didn't know at all about the numbers and what a good deal I had. And I think that a huge takeaway from her was like understanding how much it costs to run a business. I, and I, you know, like last week's episode is, is all on accounting. And I think that people will be blown away at the actual cost associated with running these kinds of businesses and I think like it would just be helpful like it'd be cool to be looped in on that and to know like whoa wait like the salon has how much profit like and you know what I mean just understanding that like you're not getting ripped off you're not getting like the wool pulled over your eyes and I think that that's a misconception that's been in the industry and I think some people are in bad situations so I don't want to say like Everyone get out, like get out of your own way. Sure. Some people do need to leave situations. Sure. But sure. I think for me in my experience, I, I don't feel like I ever was taken advantage of, but I remember having this kind of mentality. Like it's a scarcity mentality, I think. And I think too, and you know, I, I can't 
you know, and I think the more I learn and the more I immerse myself into the business side, I keep joking about my book coming out. And, you know, I, it's not yeah. even going to be a book. Maybe I'm just going to put a blog up and share because I think there's so much misconception um, and the amount of expenses and the amount of, and, and you just think like taking away, you know, salons, art and science, you know, sweets, whatever. Just think about your own personal life and how much your expenses have gone up, but your income is similar right? Like rents mm-hmm. and taxes and car insurance. I mean, everything, this world is expensive. And then you throw a business on top of it. And what I'm trying to do, and I want to do in a very respectful, but also a very intelligent way is I want to figure out a way that we can break that. Oh my God, I don't make enough money. You're stealing all of my money. You know, I think we as salon owners and commission salons, and this is new for me, but I think you're almost like you feel you have a responsibility that, you know, you just take it because you think, I know I'm doing the best job I can and people are going to be mad. And then you start to learn more about it, you know, and you think like, oh my God, like we, there, there isn't a lot of profit and if any, because everything's going back into the business to make sure that we're creating these environments, right? Everything that comes in goes back out to hopefully better everyone's life. And I think that is so misunderstood as well as if you start to throw, you know, benefit packages in 401ks and health insurance, because obviously that goes up so much every year. Um, but I agree with you, you know, and I think, you know, color tubes are expensive and, you know, towels are expensive. And, you know, I didn't know that we had to pay a license every year to play music. I mean, there's all these crazy fees that... Okay, I know, might have to look into that. I mean, I might be, I might yeah, be in yeah. trouble. I know. I just learned that one. Right. So there's, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a disconnect, right? It's true. Right. Let me know. If you get to figure out a way around it, let me know. But yeah, it's just a disconnect that, you know, I want to empower everybody and I want to have these honest conversations of this is where our money goes, you know, and the more I learn, the more I'm yeah. sharing with everybody um, because I want it to be an honest conversation because it is a partnership. You know, there's no, I mean, right. I can speak for our salon. There's nothing, you know, secretive happening. It's just everything going in. We're figuring out a way what's best way we can spend it to empower everybody. So it kind of leads me to this, this, this author, uh, Cal Newport. He has a book called Deep Work, and he talks mm-hmm. about how you have to have the career craftsman mentality. And so, like, approaching your business with just, like, just this, like, attitude and, like, a craftsman just way of doing it. And he talks a lot about, like, what people need to thrive at work. And I thought that would be cool to talk about because... I feel like he says that there's three things that make for a great job. And I feel like the salon model in general really leads itself to this. But I know that some people move on because they don't feel like they have the control that they want. But so the three things are creativity, impact, and control. And so when you think of like people that are, have been at the salon that are, have found a way to you know, like have a, a life that feels like it's being lived and not mm-hmm. just working. Mm-hmm. How have you found that they've incorporated those three things? Because like for me, like it's such a creative place to work mm-hmm. and it's such an impact that you have on your clients. And I don't know that I even realized when I worked there, the impact that I had on people because I was so busy and mm-hmm. I was so focused on learning the craft and being like having this craftsman mentality. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is control. And like, Control is so interesting because that can mean like just like being able to take those trips a couple times a year or whatever that looks like. For, and it's also personal based on the person. Mm-hmm. But what would you say like has been like when you think of someone, like if someone pops into your head of like that person gets it, mm-hmm. what have they done to like show up for themselves or to set up their career in a way that you're like, that's that's goal level shit right there. 
and it's just, I feel like this is such a great topic and it's such a great conversation that I feel like my brain's kind of all over the place, right? Cause I'm excited. Um, cause I think it's true when we realize I'm going to speak as a colorist right now, you know, when I realized or when a young stylist or a colorist or barber realizes that they truly are in control, that is when they are empowered to work harder. I think behind the chair, every client you have maximize that opportunity you know, get to know them, have fun. So you create great clients that you want to spend the day with, you know, educate them on whatever you're using. You're not selling, you're educating them. I'm using this, you know, pomade because of X, you know, as you're saying goodbye to them, grab that pomade for them, show them what you used as well as, you know, shake their hand, give them a hug, wave, whatever you're comfortable with. And, you know, make sure you're booking their next appointment. I think pre-booking the day they're in will change your career and it's an investment to your own future. I think from there that you are in control. If you do that with every client throughout the day, you will be very successful with your clients. You will like spending time with the people in your chair as well as financially, you'll be compensated and you'll continue to get price increases because you're maximizing your time. But you have to consistently do it each client. So that is where I think the control comes in. And then as you make more money, as you get more price increases, you get more opportunity, X, Y, and Z. You know, that's probably when you can have a schedule shift because you're obviously busy at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday like you would be at 9 o'clock on a Thursday, right? Right. Um, the second one was impact. I think just do you. Come in, be a person that you'd want to work next to every day. Be positive, be on time, look awesome, show up, be kind, you know, open the door for people, get excited, talk in the break rooms, bring positive energy. And the impact that you have on anybody will be a trickle effect and it will bounce right back and impact you. Because wouldn't you want to be positive around a positive person? I do. You know, you have those people that come in throughout the day that you're excited they're at work. I want to be that person. Yeah, Yeah, we're human. I have bad days. But I want to be, I say hi to everybody, say bye to everybody, say hi to the front desk, say hi to other people's clients. Like, this is going to make you feel better, but that impact is going to trickle down and it's going to create such a great environment, but you're going to feel better and then everybody around you is going to want to be exactly like you because you're happy. And creativity, I think, is that ongoing, oh God, I feel like you could, everyone finds it from a different place. You know, I think some people are inspired by art, some people are inspired by architecture, other stylists, other colorists, fashion, their families, friends. I don't know. I feel like I'm a visual person. I love Pinterest and I'm like a little grandma. Me too. I, Pinterest has really oh. made a second wind in my life. Me, I, I, I would like, if I could give up everything, I would be fine, but I would be sad without Pinterest. So everyone's got their <laughs> thing, you know, Vogue, magazine, I mean, whatever, Instagram, you know, you find your thing. But I think you got to find something from within. But I think it's our responsibility, especially working in an environment with multiple people, is to inspire each other. I am fortunate I get to work at all of our locations and I get so excited to see all the work that's going on around me every day, barbering, cutting and color, that whether these people know that they're inspiring me every hour. You know, I don't know. I need to get better at telling them every time I see something that's, you know, kind of off. But I am so inspired. And then I think really checking in with education, you know, talking to your product lines. Everybody, every salon who carries, you know, product, they get education points that they can come into the salon. You know, in a sweet situation, maybe everybody can pool their points and as like a company, you know, have an a educator come in. I educate for Rebel. I'm professional and I do that a lot is going in and teaching new techniques, teaching, you know, about the color line, you know, styling, you know, we have our product line companies come in and teach us different styling techniques. Um, I think every three months you have to do one class, you know, if nothing else, just as a benchmark. I think YouTube and Instagram are nice when you can't sleep at night and you're surfing. 
Um, but I don't find that to be the fullest amount of in- inspiration. I need to do hair. I need to be around other hairdressers for me. I don't know if you feel that way. Even if like I went to a cutting class not that long ago, I don't cut hair, but I was like, mm-hmm. this guy's doing a mindful cutting class. I want to be mindful in my life oh, and, the way, and just, just being around, being around people that, that I think are inspiring. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I think what you were saying about creativity and like inspiration, it's like, I even find things creative that I never even thought were creative. Like, even when I think about like, you know, like having a conversation with someone, I'm like, there's creativity in like the way you connect with people and there's mm-hmm. creativity everywhere. You just have to kind of look for it. And, uh, there's also going to be like negativity and things that bog you down. So if you're looking for that, you're going to find it. Yeah. And I think all three of those together create boundaries. You know, I think if you're really doing your job every client of the day, if you're really a kind, positive person that's trying to be, bring an impactful, you know, bring positive energy and bringing positive as much as you can to your coworkers. And you're truly, truly just kind of immersed in truly, at least every couple months, you know, trying to learn something new. I think indirectly, you're going to have those boundaries for your personal life so that when you're at work, you can be at work. And when you're home, you're home. You won't feel like you're spinning your wheels. You know, and I think yeah. that realizing at the end of the day, we all have a responsibility. And I think you're the owners of your salon, your managers, your general managers have a responsibility to support you. But you also having a responsibility that it really is your business, no matter what avenue you take, whether it be a traditional commission, whether it be a suite, whether it be a, a small salon owner, whether you do freelance, whatever it is, you truly are in control. And that's personally why I love this industry. You know, you don't have to sit down with your boss and say, can I get a raise? If your numbers are there, your clients give you that raise. You know, if you're doing the work, it, that's whatever you put into it, you get out of it. And I truly believe that people maybe don't realize that. And I want to remind them because your manager, your salon owner, your team member, your partner will never stop you if you want to hustle. You know, it's only right. going to make you more successful. Well, I love something you said about how you can actually be the one that cultivates those boundaries. Because I think for a long time, I thought that the secret was like the next step and then I would be able to do the thing. But you actually never get off that hamster wheel. So it's mm-hmm. like one of those things where I feel like, you know, thinking like, like just like checking your limiting beliefs. Because if you think that leaving the salon you're at like is going to give you a new life, it's not because you're the common denominator and mm-hmm. like you're, you, wherever you go, there you are. And I think that from in my career, I kind of thought that like, you know, and it's, I wouldn't change any of it because it brought me to today. But mm-hmm. what I mean is like, I don't think I, I think I always thought I was one like missing piece away from being able to set that boundary or to show up for myself. And I would do this like, and I realized now it was a limiting belief around like, I have to get this assistant trained because then she can take my Saturday people and then I can do the thing I want to do. And then I can do this. And Mm -hmm. like, it was always like a carrot that I could never get to, to do the thing that like, I already, like I now realize I had the empowerment to take care of on my own. And I think Mm -hmm. we so often think it's, we're one, we're one missing piece away from having the life we want. But really, if we really get honest with ourselves, I think more often than not, we're the ones standing in our way. And like, mm-hmm. I've been able to do all the things I wanted to do when I stopped thinking that it was like one missing thing, one job change away, one assistant away, like one employee mm-hmm. away. And I realized like, fuck Lindsay, if your ego gets out of the way, you can actually change your schedule today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you can actually say, 
what you need. And I think that like one thing I want to make sure people hear in this episode is like if you are in a salon where 95% of it is going well and you haven't had a conversation around like what your needs are, that's like what I would say to my younger self is like, Lindsay, I think you could have gotten your needs met more. You, you were destined to go on the journey you went on, but like in the time that you were where you were at, you could have advocated for yourself in a really kind way. And I sometimes think that we start, like you and I did at 19 in these salons, mm-hmm. and we're not necessarily taught how to have these conversations around growing and around our needs. And I think that that's on us because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like you haven't developed this skill. And a lot of us are raised in families where like asking for what you need is like kind of seen as confrontational. And I know that mm-hmm. I felt that way. So mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, maybe you'd want to speak to that, like how, how people yeah. can effectively, you know, ask for what their needs are or just have open, more open dialogue with their salon owner. Because I think that that's a mistake to just, you know, get fed up, get fed up, never talk about what your needs are and then just like ghost them one day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's a, it's a tough, it's, it's such a great question, right? Cause it's, there's so many scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, um, you know, a good friend of mine always says, you know, basically, oh my God, I'm going to kill it. I don't even want to quote, misquote him because then I, he's going to listen to this and be like, that is not what I say. But basically, you know, there's so many things in this world that we could have avoided if we would have just had a conversation, right? Communication is key. Yeah. We know this, but the actual nerves of going through it, obviously, you know, sort of sometimes are a little overwhelming and we don't always communicate the way we want to. But no, to your point, I think it's a fine line. I think that, you know, going through an apprenticeship program and getting on the floor and year 1.5 being like, I need to be off Saturdays and weekends and evenings and I want a hundred dollar price increase. And, you know, it's not, it's not feasible, right? It's just not possible. But I think if you really have been doing, I'm going to speak to the people that have been doing hair 10, 15, 20 years, so 10 years and up, if you've been doing hair full time for 10 years and up and you feel like I want more or I feel that my voice isn't being heard in a very rational way, like I'm doing my numbers, I've got great clients, I'm focusing on, you know, I'm educating clients, I'm educating retail, I'm educating myself and I would love X. Speak up. We, as I'm t- I'll speak now with my salon owner hat on. Yeah. We want you to communicate. And I can guarantee you if there's a way we can make you happy and work together, absolutely. And it might be like, all right, let's start with this and we can work towards this, right? It's a partnership. It's a two-way street. And I think to your point, like we, no one wants anyone to be frustrated, right? That's just, that's right. never anyone's goal. I know it's not mine. I know it's not yours. So I think if you're feeling away anyway, please communicate it. And I can guarantee you, you're going to feel better as is your salon owner or manager or partner. You have to believe in yourself and you have to invest in yourself. You have to do the homework. And once you do that, I believe you, you've earned a voice to create a, a really great career for yourself because I can't think of any other industry I would want to be a part of. It's just exciting, but also with that comes responsibilities. With that comes hard conversations. And I feel like the quality of your life is like, how uncomfortable are you willing to get? Like, are you willing to have that uncomfortable conversation? Because on this side of it is like, wow, like you actually want to put you in a, in a, in a leadership role. Like don't leave your situation before having the conversations because that's like, I feel like you grow from it. Like everything you do, Mm -hmm. every change you make, like you take something from where you came from. And I think that it's exciting to know that there are salons out there for people that 
don't necessarily want the responsibility of like checking their email, setting up their, you know, business banking accounts. It's not for everyone. And I think for people to know that there are places like this that exist, it should be very exciting for some people to hear this and know that like there is this Narnia salon out there and they're, and, and they're, they're not everywhere, but I think you can find the right home. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, trying out what's best for you, you know, and, you know, Lindsay, we, we talked about this earlier, but I think really getting good information and figuring out, you know, talk to people who worked in a commission salon for 20 years, you know, talk to someone who went off to a suite, talk to somebody who freelances, talk to somebody who um, decided to go and work as a, at a cosmetology school. Like, I mean, there's so many avenues I can come up with just, you know, coming up with that you can do with our license and find out the facts. How much are you getting paid? What are your benefits? You know, are you getting health insurance? You know, and I know a lot of these things aren't sexy when you're 20 and 21, when you start doing hair, but they're so important, you know, find out, you know, what is your product charge? You know, find out, you know, do you guys have education events? Find out, do you bonus? Like we bonus. So not only do you hit your goals, you make the commission, so you make more money, you get an additional bonus at the end of the year, every employee who hits their goals. And that's huge. That's huge. You know, you know, there's product there, you know, that's already been ordered for you. You know, I mean, there's so many aspects of a commission salon, but then you're like, okay, that's from that. Now, all right, in a suite, what are the advantages to that? Okay, now if I, I'm, I'm a salon owner, what are the pros and cons of that? You know, and so on. And truly do your homework. Don't just react because you're having a bad day. You know, and I'm excited and I almost wasn't going to even share this, but I, I think it's good to know is I get an email probably maybe twice a year maybe three times of an old employee who maybe left because they weren't happy and that emails and says, you know, I'm sorry, or, you know what, I just want to let you know that I had such a great experience there that I couldn't see when I was there. And that's amazing. I mean, I always, t- it's, it's almost a little awestrucking and it's also like, a, oh my God, I wish you'd still be here. But I think it's also really important to share because I think that moving on to me is a celebration and I, anyone who's ever sat down and said, this isn't for me, I wish them the best of luck, no burn bridges, like anything we can do to support you. I don't think that's a bad thing as long as you're respectful about going it. But I also think maybe people, you know, I would suggest is doing a little bit more homework before reacting. If you feel you don't know what avenue you want to take. I love that. And it's so personal. Like I I had a post Mm -hmm. last week around like, I think the only reason to have your own place is if it sets your heart on fire. Like if it's the thing that you want to do, because like no one's not going to be happy for you if you're following your heart. But don't follow the dollar signs. Don't follow the social media. Don't follow all that stuff because at the end of the day, like it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough of a why. Like the why for getting your needs met in a traditional salon, like you could get your why met. Like you, you know, and, and for a lot of people you can. Mm-hmm. And like, I talk with friends that have their own places and like, don't get me wrong. I love having my own place, but we talk about how we could go back to salons and be just like rock star employees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, sweet. All right. See ya. See you guys next week. Uh And I think financially the opportunities are there for both very similar. It's just what road you want to go. I think that that is the misconception. Yeah, if you ever want a job, movie, no problem. You know what? I would like to come here. I would like to come back. I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Right? Rockstar employee. I love it. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. And that's what I feel like people, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to hear that. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, my life's so much better. Like, my life's different and I love it. But it's not like, I, I love this idea that the universe actually doesn't like 
if you hang a left or you hang a right, like it's not like one way would have sucked and the other way is amazing. It doesn't care. It's just going to help mm-hmm. support you whatever way you go. And I, I was preparing for this interview and I was saying to myself, you know, I think if I had hung a left instead of a right, I think that I would still be there and I'd be growing and I'd be doing awesome. And I think it would have just looked different, but I think that you can get where you're going and hang a left or a right. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being game to be on and to have these like brave conversations around like salon ownership and what people should, you know, consider. And I'm just forever grateful for my experience. And um, I just, I wish you guys the best. And I know that you have a huge part in in where I am today. And so I just want to say thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. This is so wonderful and so empowering. And I just want to thank you for myself, obviously art and science. And it's so great to have these conversations and really educate everybody. And I am proud of you and miss you. And you know, if you want that job, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I never say never. Life has a funny way of laughing at you when you do that. It's so true. It's so true. But yeah, so where can people find you guys if they want to learn more? They have a question from the episode. They want to send you a DM. Where's the best place to reach you? Absolutely. And we actually have an academy um, at our Randolph uh, West Loop location. So the upstairs is the Art and Science um, Academy. And so what we're going to be doing is a lot of business building and also empowering hairdressing as far as behind the chair income. Um, This year, that's our main focus. Our general manager, Andrew Mooney, will be teaching that. So um, you can find all that information on our website, artandsciencesalon.com. And you can reach out if you've anyone's looking for an apprenticeship program or any information about the salons, that would be your best bet. There's a uh, contact us on there that you can kind of ask any questions. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. And hopefully I will see you soon. I would love it. <laughs>